All right, Sonny Hayes, you're on the vent, man. How you doing? I'm pretty good, brother. How are you? Oh, man, I'm so good, dude. I'm so glad we got to connect. And, you know, we've been, I don't know, I've been chasing you for a little bit. I know you're busy. It seems like you're crazy busy, but um, that's how this thing goes. But, yeah, man, that, uh, I just remember I was chilling, man. We connected on Facebook, dude. It's, it's nuts because, buddy, I never had Facebook. And then people just started popping up. And, and here I am, you know, here yeah. we are talking, what, probably 10, 11 years since I've seen you? Is at least, man. At least. How you been? I've been good, bro. It's just, you know, like you said, I've been crazy busy just living over here in Okinawa, loving it. Thankful that we don't got too many corona cases. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like um some east, you know, some countries in the east, like Korea, I, I know the Philippines is popping a little bit. Um yeah. got it and some didn't. And you know, I would say like um man, the folks there are so respectful. I mean, it, it, it's got to be one of the safer places to be. Like, I know it'll, it'll happen everywhere. Everybody will get it. But right. um, to be honest, like everybody, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because people always laugh about the mask, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah. But anytime in Asia, though, you know that people wear those. And everyone's That's just what they, they do. Everyone thinks that it's so they don't catch shit. It's actually so they don't give you shit. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like people will make fun of them. I'm like, well, actually, they're just trying to be nice to you. It just makes so much sense, bro. Yeah. It really does. I mean, man, I miss Oki so much. How, tell me how you wound up back there. So we, uh, I came over here two or three times as a civilian, and then my wife actually got a job out here. So we came out here, and then I got a job on base. So we were dual hat in the base jobs. Yeah. I left the base job for a Japanese entertainment company because my whole vision was to get on with the Asian market. Because yeah. I felt like the East Coast was saturated. Mm-hmm. And it just worked out, man. So you're doing your own personal brand, Sonny Hayes. You're, you're a rapper. You're, you're making music. I see you drop it, like, all the time. Yeah, man. And you're also running this, you know, you work for an entertainment company. And I remember even when we were in Iraq together, you were writing lyrics and coaching yeah. people, doing all kinds of shit, man. So, like, yeah, you, so you got out of you. I, I'm guessing you got out of the Marine Corps from Oki and then. No, actually, I went to Staff Academy. Okay. I went to um, Lejeune and I was at the Staff Academy as my as my Twilight tour, I guess you would call it, my last duty station. And I met some cool people there. Sergeant Major Parisi, mm-hmm. uh, he was a scout sniper. He was super dope. Uh, Master Guns Garland. There was some real cool people there. They taught me, like, how to transition a little bit better. Yeah. And, like, they gave me this space. Because I took that stuff from Iraq. The music I was writing in there, Yeah, I took it and I just, like, developed it. And really, like, okay, if I'm going to take this serious as a business, as a veteran-owned business, these are the things I'm going to have to prepare for. Mm-hmm. So I, I transitioned out from Lejeune at Staff Academy. Okay. When did you... I don't remember you when we were rolling and we were in Seal before together. I don't remember you being married. Were you? No, I wasn't married. I got married when I got there. When I got to North Carolina. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then so what? You just want to work your way back, huh? Yep. Basically. So I use that GI Bill, man. That GI Bill is a lifesaver. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Where'd you go to school? I went so oh man. I went to school BMCC. Okay. As much as I prepared, I wasn't ready. I went to school at BMCC, and I didn't understand that it was a two-year. So if you go to a two-year, that's as far as you can get. Yeah. And a lot of the schools, you know, they don't communicate 
inter inter uh, institutionally. Yeah. So some of those credits, when I was like, all right, I don't, I don't want a associates. I want a bachelor's degree. So I left BMCC to go to Norfolk State, which is where my wife was living. She was in Virginia. Mm-hmm. So I went to Norfolk State University, which is actual university, and like half of my credits transferred. So I took an L on that. Uh, from there, where do we go? She got stationed in um, Rhode Island. So I went to Roger Williams, which I didn't know was a private school, and it burnt up a year of my GI Bill in one semester. Damn. A whole year, bro. And and I'm like, they called me into the office to like, hey, Mr. Collins, are you enjoying your time here? I'm like, yeah, I love it. Like, it's the best school I've ever been in. And they're like, how do you plan on paying for the rest of your school? I'm <laughs> like, I was like, what are you talking about? I'm 100%, baby, we good. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was like, nah, this is, <laughs> this is the bill. It just ate everything. So, crazy. yeah, I got a full-time job at Home Depot. Shout to Home Depot, man. They take care of the vets. Like, I didn't understand this about that company. They they have so many programs for vets, man. They build, I think they built like 300 homes a year for vets. They got um, like craft services for vets. Mm-hmm. I really love that company when I worked when I worked there. Um, so I got a job at Home Depot up in Rhode Island. I did some landscaping and masonry. I did uh, Dollar Tree, all at the same time because I had to pay. Like I had to get back into school. Yeah. So what I wound up doing was it was just too expensive. So I did that and I went online to University of Phoenix, which I'm still at now. Yeah. What are you so what degree are you pursuing? Psychology. Really? Yeah. Aside from so the what I mean, you didn't want to try to tie in the music? So my first my first ambition was psychology, man. And yeah. And it, it it has a lot to do with music. Like one of my one of the artists I look up to, Lil Wayne, yeah. he's actually got a doctorate in psychology. Shut up. And he's put like cause it takes a lot to understand. Like this is not even a language. Like it really, you know, yeah. it changes your the way you think. So I figured it could help me with that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I feel like I don't know, I feel like if you understand the mind and how the mind works and your emotions, you probably, I mean, and other people's emotions, you probably write better music because of it, I would think. True. I mean, true. I don't know. I mean, obviously, obviously all the, all the music is, is experience based usually. Right. Yeah, right. I, mean, I remember I used to, I used to love watching you guys. I mean, I know some folks probably used to kind of laugh at y'all a little bit, but I used to love <laughs> yeah. shit because you guys were always dropping lyrics and stuff. I mean, I thought, I thought it made sense, man, just because we like, we wind up going somewhere. We'd be sitting there waiting. Yeah. Who was it? It was, uh, like Nava, yep. Laporte, they'd always have yep. fucking Yo, Laporte's out here too. Yeah, I saw that. I saw he, I saw he's on uh like I said, man, like all these cats that um once you find like one dude that yeah. you like you were teamed up with or whatever, like all of a sudden yeah. all these cats started popping. Hell I mean, yeah. You're connected with everybody, man. Yeah, bro. I'll be trying to have lunch with as many people as I can. Me and Laporte went to a sushi spot. I had Mongolian barbecue with Major Quinn. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, so I know the what was that damn Mongolian barbecue spot everybody used to love in our day? The Palms, man. 
No, Gen- Genghis Khan. Remember Genghis Khan? Oh, okay, right, 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 right. They like shut that shit down, huh? Yeah, yeah. Where were when you were when we were in though? You were in Hanson, yeah. When I when I met, yeah, you, I was on Hanson. Yeah. What was your? I don't. What was your damn? What were you? I don't even know what your damn job was because we deployed yeah. as security, man. You were my dude. I didn't know what my job was. Though. <laughs> like you did everything but whatever your job was. Yeah, facts, bro. So what, I came in as a thirty fifty one. What's that? Supply. Yeah, but you were like teaching motherfuckers how to shoot when I met you, right? Yeah, I okay. actually got the secondary MOS, the yeah. combat marksmanship instructor trainer. Good. It was. Dope. I mean, that's how we deployed, though, man. We had dudes from everywhere. We had all kinds right. of. Dudes, man. I mean, we had water dogs. We had yep. money pushers. We had we had a little bit of everything, man. We had a dope squad. I feel like we did. I mean, yeah. your team was good. My team was good. But I'm just saying, like our whole our whole platoon was hot. Yeah, the whole platoon. I'd say the company, man. We had a good company. Yeah. What uh so I mean, okay, so you're doing the Japanese entertainment company. What yes, what's your like day to day like? Because it's a whole lot different from the Marine Corps for sure, obviously. Wait, it's way different, but I take so many tenets and discipline aspects from the Marine Corps, man. It's like it's without the Marine Corps, I couldn't do this. Okay. One hundred percent. So at the point I'm at right now, I'm on salary. Um, the salary is so I I'm actually the music director of the radio station. Okay. So I have a staff of two mid to high level comedians, like they're on TV every day. Uh, I just like make sure that I manage the content for them that have to do with the radio. Um, get them to do voiceover work. English voiceover work, obviously, commercials and things. Uh, scheduling. I have this young staff member who, who like, scours the internet for Japanese, different Japanese music, and then I do the same thing for the English music because the, the concept of our station is called The Bridge. It's called uh, 818 FM The Bridge. Mm-hmm. Is to bridge the Okinawan and American cultures through music. Nice. So it's a lot of that. And obviously, I still take care of my own brand and write. And I take care of my family. What I, I built my own studio in my house, so, that, so I don't have to go to the big studio. Oh, so that's how you're dropping all this music all the time, huh? Yeah. Seems yeah. Like every couple of minutes, I'm seeing these posts with you dropping all, these music, all this music and everything. Facts. That's exactly. I like that concept. So okay, so it's a radio station, but it's it's English and Japanese. I'm imagining, and then yep. And so you're working to, because I know the the hip hop culture and and uh, the Okinawan culture definitely mesh. I mean, it seems yeah. from what I remember, yeah, it was definitely um, uh, seemed like sort of one and the same. I mean, what was it? I mean, didn't you do a show like right when we got home, like the night night or two after we got home? Or I I think I think we did. It was me and a bunch of guys actually. Yeah. It was I super remember, fun. I remember seeing you like at formation and shit, like a couple, like just exhausted. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, so I mean, it's not, I mean, it, the, the whole scene is out. I mean, there's a, in Oki, man, it's like, I talk about Okinawa on the show a lot because I spent so much time there, but it's like, there's, there's something there for everybody, bro. Like, it is, man. Yo, American Village is so different. Really? American Village is like Manhattan. Really? It's nuts, man. It's like I don't, I don't like, know if I'd be into that. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I don't like it that much. Chill. 
I don't think I like it that much either. I'm here for the, you know, the culture of Japan. Yeah. You know, I, I'm American. I had a lot of American experience. I want to kick it with the locals. Yeah. How long? So how long are you? I mean, what's the forecast looking like? How long are you going to be out there and ride this thing? And So the company is trying to, the company is really trying to woo us to get us to stay. And I don't know if you looked them up, but the company's called Yoshimoto Kogyo. Okay. It's basically the NBC of Japan. Like, this is the largest entertainment company in Japan. And I work directly under the president. And the president is like, we want you to stay. Like, whatever we got to do to get you to stay, we're going to do that. So we're giving them like a year and we're going to figure this out. Okay. Because they, they, they have a branch. They just opened up the branch in New York. Yeah. So, to you know, they're very uh, relationship-based people. For sure. They don't want to just go to the city and just try and meet somebody because that's how they kept failing. Mm-hmm. So it's like an ideal situation where they get to develop and figure out my business ethics and work ethic here in their country and then potentially move us to New York in the near future. Good. Yeah, I mean, in New York's home for you, so, I mean, that would be right. that'd be a righteous setup, right? Yeah, super dope, man. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, man. I was in New York City not too long ago, dude. I I didn't realize uh, how much I missed New York. Right. Um, I mean, I grew up in Buffalo or whatever, but um, I had I had spent some time in the city. New York is New York, man. I just I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I could if I could live back there, but the city's a bit much for me. But yeah. You my family was in Buffalo, man. We used to go up there a lot. Yeah, Buffalo's all right. It's Survivor Town. You know it's. Yeah. A, it's not going to be like the next hottest place, but it's never going to go away. You know, it's never right, right, right. Buffalo's like that in between, man. And you know the the people that bought the Sabers and the Bills, they're like investing in the city and shit. So nice. Yeah. So whenever, That's whenever, cool. whenever people like that come by and they make an investment, you know, it helps. Stuff boom. Yeah. You tell me about your music, man. Where's your music at? So um, right now I'm doing this interesting thing, like. Spotify is Spotify, Apple Music, like those big platforms that you kind of got to like that. If you're a listener and you have to pay to listen to it, that's what we consider the high tier market. Yeah. And then you got things like Audio Mac, SoundCloud, like the free stuff. Yeah. What we're doing is we're using the free stuff as kind of like the demo playground. So all the stuff that you're hearing, like that I'm dropping daily, basically, is getting dropped on the free platforms just so I can get my friends to tell me, yo, this way, that way, this one need a little more oomph. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like a test market. Um, And then whatever gets the most attraction, we move it up to the higher tier releases. And I take it to the big studio at uh, Koza. There you go. Love it, man. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, what's the future with music, you think? I mean, is is you, is Sonny Hayes and writing music, dropping music, like the future? Or are you going to do both? you always going to do both? Like, what do you think? I'm, right now, I have a five-year plan for the music. The five-year plan takes me as far as sound. Like, I want to, I want to capture the, the trending attention like Google, <clears throat> Google level attention, <clears throat> excuse me, 
I want to capture Google level attention for at least two years in this next five years. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I want to move into more like soundtracking for films. Nice. That's hard work. Soundtracking for films is, is difficult. Yeah, man. It's like very, it's very specific. Like what's the old boy's name from, uh, from Wu-Tang? That motherfucker writes like scores and shit. Was Oh, it? RZA? Yeah. He does yeah, some incredible I, shit, dude. I mean, but yeah. music, anything, anything related to movies, um, that's, that's difficult. I feel like I've, it's just so uh, like anybody, anybody can like go find some track or whatever and lay it across a movie and like maybe it makes right. sense. But when you write an original or something like that, like right. that's crazy. That's hard to do. Right. And I don't want to just do my music. Obviously, <clears throat> I know tons and tons of artists and I feel like I love movies, but I'm not like the movie guy per se. Yeah. I could help a lot in a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I feel like is, the wide range of of textures and sounds that I know can help like kind of like when Quentin Tarantino met met up with RZA like it just makes a whole nother dimension yeah for sure yeah because when you start to when you take people from and I know RZA's big on uh I love Tony Jaw Tony Jaw's like yeah. uh he's a Thai he's a Thai Muay Thai guy he does yeah, a lot I know of, like live about. crazy shit but when exactly. he, when when he brings in some when West meets East in some of those movies, it's incredible. And I get what you're saying. Yeah, being able to produce like weird sounds or nice sounds or or unique sounds, it can take a you know, what the hell are those people called, man? I forget what they're even called. Um, the sound engineers? Yeah, no, people even like uh, maybe I'm maybe we're not even talking about the same thing. But like thunder isn't actually thunder in a movie. Someone's right, hitting. Right, right. Ah, I know what you're I don't talking. I remember what the hell those people are called, but it's like. To understand sounds like that is a whole nother thing. It's like, yeah, a, it's like a science in a way. Like it is. Um, yeah. It's, all that shit is, is awesome to me. For sure, bro. I don't know. I don't know where the fuck me and my sister were. I, it must've been like Disney or some shit when we were a kid and they taught us like how to do that shit. Like there's this, like, this little experience. Of shit, that like, makes sense. Yeah. I love movies, man. I've always been fascinated with them. And obviously, you know, fuck man. Jaws wouldn't be Jaws without music. You know what I mean? Right. Like, some of these movies wouldn't be, um, what they are without people like you, like aspiring to be involved in the sounds and. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, it's, man. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you're pushing your personal brand, though. I mean, I don't know. I'd I'd rather see you do that personally. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm a I'd rather, see, I'd rather see Sonny Hayes blow up. <laughs> ah, thanks, bro. It's coming, man. It's coming. I feel like you know that ten thousand hours concept. I put in that work, you know, I'm, I'm meeting the right people, great people like you was looking at me, helping me, you know, get my story out there. And I just, I won't turn down positive opportunities, Yeah, you know, because a lot of people get their head big and they don't want to do stuff. And I'm like, that's crazy. That's the opposite of, of getting, you know, it's like hearts and minds, man. Just like, we was at war, you know, it was hearts and minds. Yeah. It's the same thing. What are you doing live shows out there still? Like, yeah, actually just, man, I just, do you remember, you remember Wharton, Robert Wharton? He was a MIMS clerk for us. I do. I think I do. Yeah. He just bought my last 10 tickets to my show on the third. Nice. Sold out, man. Sold out show. April 3rd. and uh-huh. April 3rd. And, uh-huh. Yes, Damn. sir. I wish I could be there. Man, that'd be dope. Like, it's going to be more. You know? How many people? So, like, how many people? 
little over a hundred. Just so doing the doing the club. What club? It's called G Shelter. It's a it's actually a rock live house. It's like a mid sized venue. We could fit like two hundred people in there, but we only pre we pre sold we pre made a hundred tickets. Yeah, and because you know with this Corona thing going on, we don't want to o- overdo it. So we got a hundred people going to be in the building. And yeah, but I mean, there are, there are, I mean, a, a hundred, a, a crowd of a hundred in a club in Japan, that's a, in Oki at least is that's, that's pretty solid. Pretty good, man. Venues, venues aren't massive there. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know if people, right. folks maybe don't realize that. Um, right. That's awesome. I didn't, I mean, you're still doing live shows. Is there a way at, can people stream that kind of stuff? Like actually, yes, I'll send you the link. I, I just finished emailing the venue owner. They got to get the, uh, the audio out that yeah. I need. That's awesome. But they'll get it. That's that's fucking cool. I can't wait. I want to. I'm gonna be there for that. Then I'm gonna. Heck yeah. I mean, it's. A little, I mean, people. People maybe don't understand the dynamic of what we're doing right now. It's like I'm like a couple drinks in and shit. Like yeah. Like I'm watching the sun go down. Like looking at the mountain. Wow. Motherfucker, you're out in the robe. Just woke up and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like like in the future. You know what I mean? Like. Right. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I was telling my wife, like, you know, my wife grew up over there and she spent a lot of time in Oki. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to catch up with my boy. You know, we deploy together and this, that, that. Um, you know, we've had to kind of make this work, but I love it, man. Oki has been a common thing for me lately. Um, cause I've just been going back and catching up with all these guys, like dudes I met, you know, when I first got to Japan, like, this and shit, like, you know, my spades partner, man, like, yeah, bro. Yeah, right. Like, dude, I, I, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I don't even play spades anymore. It's just never been. The same. It's never been the same, bro. Right, right. Like, you taught me how to play spades. We were spades partners. <laughs> played loads and loads of spades, and like, yeah. I, I've I've legit maybe played spades like three or four times since then. I, yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. You can't do it. You can't do it's it. Not. What? Uh, where can everybody find you? You gonna find a, find me? Just type in Sunny Hayes two for one. The numbers, yeah. uh, anywhere, you know, to pop up, the music, the videos. We just dropped a new video. I'm on Spotify real heavy right now. We just broke 200,000 streams. Damn. Release. That's pretty That's uh, pretty solid. Yeah, it's moving, man. Those are big numbers. It's moving. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty legit. Thanks. <laughs> Who, uh, what kind of, so like when you do these live shows, what kind of crowds are you seeing? Is it mostly locals? Is it Marines? Is it? Service members, like, what do you see? Everybody? I really appreciate the diversity Yeah, in my in my audience. And I think it's it's because I'm not out here talking gang banging. You know, I'm not talking hard, heavy drugs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We talk some party music. We do some party stuff. It's just, it's enough to enjoy, but not to brainwash you into dumb shit. Yeah. So like a lot of people like it. I remember when you used to write all your songs, you always seemed to have fun. It never seemed to be, yeah. it never seemed to be like, um, over the top or disingenuous. Like, you know what I mean? It always seemed to be like right for you. Like it, it seemed to be fun. Um, yeah. I, I definitely remember you doing like more, some serious stuff too, but like also everything seemed to fit and was a good, like it's very authentic. I guess I'm very authentic. Like, and Thanks. I, I appreciate that, man. Like authentic, authenticity wins, dude. I've noticed like, and I, I struggle with that too. Like, um, with this podcast and stuff, like obviously like when I talk with veterans, it's, it's natural. It feels right. 
But like yeah. we talk, you know, we do some politics and news and some other stuff and like um it's it's hard sometimes to uh, be yourself, you know what I mean? Because like people judge you and shit now, like you know from, and also we change a lot. Like right now, some of my most authentic songs is about how much work this is, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and like this these this company just gave me a free Mercedes Benz. So I made a song about this shit. It's like that's authentic. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think um there's a huge misconception like and I and I had this too, like when I started this, man. I thought I was gonna make a post on Instagram and be famous overnight. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, I don't right. think people realize that shit. Like it's not you don't just fucking uh maybe some people win the lottery like that, but like the average people, man. Even them. Even them. So you know Takashi Six Nine, you ever heard of him? Mm-mm. So he was probably one of the most famous and infamous artists in the last ten years. He he just got caught on a Rico charge. Cause he, he he clicked up with some gang members to boost his image, and oh, then he, the one that just started telling on everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Why well, only oh, know him for telling on motherfuckers? But I mean, yeah. it's whatever. It's yeah. like the thing about him. My cousin does this thing in Brooklyn called painting poetry. Okay. That kid has gone to every painting poetry prior to changing his hair, prior to meeting these gang members. He was a regular kid. His name Daniel Hernandez. We got pictures. He's been working at it for 15 years. Mm. He just started really young. So it's no everybody think he's the the definition of overnight. Mm-hmm. It's no overnight, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I I mean I get it. I mean I you know I I've been dabbling like I didn't have an online presence at all, man, for a long long time just because of my job because after right. after I left Oki. And uh, I was looking for something when I got out and when I, I finished school, you know, and I'm like, man, I got all this time. Like, I want to do something. I wanted to help vets and, and to share stories and shit. And right. it, it turned into all this, you know, but um, yeah, you don't just fucking, you just, you don't, you don't, you don't wake up one day, like all of a sudden everybody's li- listening to your shit. Yeah, it don't happen. It don't happen. It ain't like that. It, it, it'll never be like that. Like, um, uh. there's still a lot of shit you got to do. Especially with all of these people trying to make noise at the same time. Yeah. Yep. How, how do you figure you just going to wake up and say, you know, I'm the loudest. I've been like, no. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even, even you, you've been building your brand since what? Since, I mean, so we got home in 2009. Yep. And, I, and how many years did you put in before that? Like, I mean, obviously, like, obviously the Marine Corps was going to slow you down some. Right, right, right. But so, it was like character building. So I started I started writing music, like not like professionally or seriously, but I started writing music for the poetry of it when when I was nine years old. Mm. Like my mother, she's a poet and like she would show me her poetry and that inspired me. And then I met some kids in the projects. So this is thing called the community center in the projects. They was doing construction in the back room. This was my first day that we moved into the projects because we was homeless before that. And then um, the government basically put us on a waiting list to get into the projects. And my brother, I mean, my mother had my little brother. So that moved us up on the list. Mm -hmm. So we get into the projects. I go to the community center to meet some kids my age. And I hear this music coming from the back room with with like, it's like taped off. They're not supposed to be back there. Yeah. I went back there. 
it's like older kids, younger kids, everybody's sweating. They got a boombox with a microphone taped to one boombox and another boombox with the cassette recording it. <laughs> and I'm like, I walk in, everybody stop and look at me, and I'm like, oh, I'm about to die. Like, these guys are about to kick my ass. But they welcomed me, and yeah. they taught me how to rap, man. So that's when I really started rapping. That's awesome. That's so, a cool thing. So just by accident? By accident, man. It just, I, I walked and fell into it. But all these years later, man, you're still going. Yeah, I can't stop, man. No, I mean it's it's you, man. It's definitely you. I remember, like I said, dude, and and all the the, the times where we were sitting around like, waiting for whatever, or bored or like sad or depressed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you started doing your music or writing your music, you could just tell it's different for people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I used to, I used to. Um, movies were my thing, man. I was just just kind of. Um, fall in on somebody else's stuff. But I remember when he used to work on the music or like Nava or Laporte or whatever, like you, like I said, like you'd coach him and help him. Like that was your yeah. thing. It was obvious, you know, yeah. when you could share that with people, man, like what was it? How was your, uh, when you got out, like did your music change? Do you think, or like, did your focus on the music change? Like um, when I got out, man, I really had to understand that this is the music business. Hmm. Up until, like, because the Marine Corps kind of, you know, the, the unit camaraderie and stuff, you guys were really nice. Like, <laughs> it wasn't like, this is garbage. Get the fuck out of here. I'm your direct competition. Like, when I got in the civilian world, I realized the cutthroat, backstabbing nature of the music industry. And I was just like, mm. oh, my gosh, I got to do business, business. So... My music changed in that I had to like isolate and really, really be cognizant of who I had in my circle. Because there'd be some people that I, f- I really thought was had the best interest, and they might have had the best interest in heart. But I allowed them to take me off of what I knew was going to be successful mm-hmm. and do something else. Yeah, And that took me, added two or three years to this journey. But, you know, that's a learning experience. Mm. Do you think your music, uh, you know, like a lot of guys, like when they get out, they're just kind of lost. Do you think your music, like, helped you stay found, I guess? Is Big, what time. It? Big time. It, it either helped or it screwed me. I don't know. Mm. But, I mean, where I'm at now, I'm happy. So, I guess I'd say it helped. So, like, when I'm, when I'm having a rough day or whatever, like, when I'm, when I'm, like, a lot of vets, just for whatever reason, like, they're missing the – service they were in or you know whatever they did or saw or you know whatever um people always have like something they use to fill a void like i go play golf thing is what do you, i'm guessing you just sit down and write a poem or write a rap or write you know is that is that maybe See, a drop of beat i'm so i'm so deep into this thing now bro like i'm understudying under two former marines one is an intelligence officer he used to brief at the pentagon yeah been making music since the 90s he's a rock and roll guy his name's tony drew um He's he goes back to the school where they would take glass tubes and run electricity through them to create their own signals. Mm. Like he made sound. Yeah. He's got his own sound packages. Like wow. you'll never hear these sounds anywhere else. So I'm understudying with him. There's this other guy, his name's Vaughn. He's retired Master Guns. Um works for Booz Allen now. But he's a he's an old jazz guy. And he's teaching me like certain things about jazz and like how to, how kind of like the groove. He's teaching me like, you know, the groove of it. 
So I say all of that to say this. There's such a steep learning curve in music. Yeah. Like, I got in this, I'm a writer, I'm a poet, but music, like sound, I've always felt it, mm-hmm. but seeing it and touching it and, and manipulating the knobs, I'm a baby, man. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have the time. Like, if I need to fall back on something, I'm going to put it into one of those areas, whether it be the 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 outboard, the physical, or the digital, or the, you know, analog or digital. There's so much I got to learn, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, so like this is like a passion for you and a job. So what do you do to get away from it? Like what do you? What's like your hobby, man? Do you? I'm still trying to figure that out, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I play with my little girls. That helps a lot. Like I throw them up in the air. We go around and play, build some Legos or something. That helps for sure. How is how is having kids change your music? Man, some of the songs that I was writing in Iraq, like. They would touch me, right? Yeah. But, but when I write a song, particularly for my girls, mm-hmm. I, I I shed tears in the booth. Like, what do you? How, what do you have? Two daughters? I got two daughters. It changes everything, doesn't it? Yeah, man. So I, I mean, when we were in Iraq, I had my uh, my my oldest daughter was like one, and then I had another little girl after her. And nice. It changed everything for me. I have a son too. I mean, he was an accident, but he came. But uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. having little girls having little girls like changes absolutely everything you know Facts, what I mean? like, like i used to be i used to try i mean i used to laugh and you know i i feel like i was a fairly serious dude I'm serious but when my girls came along like it softened me in a good way like it allowed me to be um way more receptive to people and a lot more receptive to like how i feel so i can right. understand how they feel you know what i mean like um and uh man i'm thankful for that like I, I used to i was that dude that used to come up like no nah, man i gotta have a boy it's gotta be <laughs> yeah. you know, uh i'm a junior you know it's like no nah, it's gotta be a three like i gotta do yeah. that but uh and i and i'm i'm insanely thankful for my son but having my girls first i think um it helped it made me a better man you know just no sure. no question asked man sure. i can imagine like your uh, dude your life has changed a lot since i knew you i could only imagine like how all the music and stuff has changed too, you know? I bet that's, it's like a, it probably tells its own story, huh? It does. It tells several stories because we make so much music. Like, I, I want to tell how I feel about my little ones. I want to tell stories about me and my wife, like good, bad, and ugly. I want to give, because a lot of people come here for relationship advice for some reason. I don't know. You know, we love each other, but I don't see us as any better than, or worse than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, like... They come, they ask, I put it in a song, you know, there, It'll, if you need the assistance, just listen to the song again. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, but that's how you, I mean, that's how you put your heart and opinion and your mind into the world, right? Like that's your right. medium. That's your medium. Like for me, like I, I like to, I don't like to talk to people necessarily face to face, but I don't. Yeah. I, lately, I don't, I don't haven't minded having a microphone to put it out in the world. You know, like yeah. this has become a a medium for me and like a therapy in a way. This is dope, man. Plus, I get I to really appreciate I get you to, having me on the podcast, man. Yeah, of course, man. Like, like, like I said, man, when we connected, dude, I'm always like, man, I gotta talk to, I gotta talk to this cat. Like, we gotta be able to. Heck yeah. Plus, I mean, plus, like, I, I like, I love it. Like, 
like if like if I met Sonny when I met Sonny Hayes, like you, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna write music. <laughs> something with music, you know, what I, like like that was pretty much like that was what you were going to do. And what yeah. I love about people is when they fucking say they're gonna do something, and damn it, they fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like one way or the other. And like I love to hear the um, the grind, you know, the work that it took to get there. Like I, I just appreciate that. Like very few people. Um, are what they say they are. You know what I mean? And like, in its truest form. And like, you're one of those people. Like, you are doing everything you said you were going to do. Thanks. I, I admire that. You know what I mean? Like, I admire the shit out of that. Everyone should. So, my last album that I just dropped is actually called No Great Thing. It's short for No Great Thing Happens Suddenly. Because mm. I had this epiphany. Like, Tony Drew... He, he booked a bunch of us because he has a studio up in Tokyo. You know, we're in Oki. Tokyo's a little trip up. Yeah. He basically, he all-inclusive, he, he signed us at this point. Like, he, he got a bunch of us together, sent us up for a single deal, recorded up there. That's my first real experience with it. And, and we did a documentary for this this deal. Um, it was called No Great Thing, the documentary. And I could send you the link, but yeah, please do. The documentary turned into the album. Love that. That's awesome, man. You've come so far, dude. I like I, here. Here I'm, I'm sitting here talking with you, and like all these things that you're doing now. Um, but sometimes I can't. I, I still have visuals of you like running around in camis. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's that's the. We spent a lot of time together that way. You know what I mean? Like Thank you. We, we went on missions together. I mean. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, I don't, maybe people, I don't know if people get this, can it can tell, but like we literally, aside from a few text messages, like have not talked probably in like 11 years, like somewhere around 11 years. And, and yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, this is awesome for me. I'm like, I feel like we just was hanging out in, in the smoke pit or some shit. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, usually that's how it is. It's just, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Like I said, like no one, no one that I've deployed with, thus far has come on the show until you came, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Thanks, man. You're the first one that I've, that I've spent that time with, you know? Awesome. I don't, I don't talk about it a lot, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm just having like, I'm having like kind of a, just a rush, you know, like all the training we did, the, right, right. We did a couple man, of, we, we, were, we, were a we were in different teams, but we did a couple of different missions together. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Remember when we, we that, did a lot. Remember when that fucking truck slid off and we thought motherfuckers were drowning, dude? You remember that shit? Yeah, that shit was scary. Fuck yeah, it was. Damn. I think about that a lot, man, because it was like, for us, that was one of the biggest scares we could, we probably had. I mean, Thanks. Thanks. imagine being, I mean, just, I don't know if people, people probably don't realize, like, you're, you're basically riding around in like a couple ton, I don't even know how many tons of people. The doors are heavy as fuck when they're, when they're. Head heavy. When they're, when they're functioning properly, imagine that motherfucker on its side underwater. Oh my gosh. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't that might as well be welded shut. And that was that a huge, huge scare for us. People don't realize there's a lot of water in Iraq. Right. Right. It's just, in I certain, didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I got there. That shit was surprising. It's just in certain places. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, yeah, man, that was a scary day, dude. I remember fucking, I, I was, I, dude, I carried that story with me for a long time because our trucks were, were, we were so far. And, yeah. I fuck. I hate. I'll just be honest. Like everybody knows who knows me knows I hated running. I fucking couldn't stand running. 
Yeah. But I used to say like, look here, mother, you know, like as a sergeant, I'd be like, yo, listen, the CFT that we started to run was actually practical. I remember the time when it mattered and Sorry. I thought a kid was drowning and it yeah. was roughly 800, probably a little more, 1200 meters or some, I don't know how many meters, you know, we were fucking throwing our helmet off far. and we were running because we thought a kid was going to drown, man. It was crazy. That shit was crazy. But we had a real good Motor T team, yo. The Motor T boys knew what they was doing, too. Yeah, he held that truck up. I'll tell you what, the kid, the driver held that motherfucker up for sure. Oh, yeah. We had the best drivers. Yeah. If we didn't have a kid who knew what the fuck he was doing and knew how to handle that truck, I feel like it would have rolled. I'm not saying that. Um, I don't know how far down in the water it would have went, but if, if we didn't have kids who knew what the fuck they were doing, that one, I think we'd have lost that one for sure. X. Yeah. That was a, that was a scary moment, man. Yes, sir. I'm getting a lot of that back right now. I was just like I said, man. Just this is cool. It's it's uh, it's an interesting kind of thing. I haven't I haven't uh, I don't know. I don't really talk about all that that much. Right, likewise. Crazy man. So uh, what do you got? So okay, you got a show coming up on April third. What's after that? After that, I have a show on April eighteenth. <clears throat> April eighteenth is going to be at a new club called In Treehouse on Gate Two. Okay. That one's gonna be pretty fun. Um, we Gate gear up. Still popping, huh? What'd you say? Gate Two Street still popping. And yeah, yeah, it's like Kentown popping too. Believe it or not, up by Hanson and Schwab. Yeah, yeah. Kentown popping. Damn, man. I'm. We had some wild ass nights out there, dude. Hell yeah. I miss that place. It ain't shit changed. Them young yeah, boys still like gotta all change, right? Like, what about the bars though? Like, one bar closes, another one opens up, or exactly. They all you still, still got some of your legacy bars too. Like, certain legacy bars just ain't gonna close because this Papa sign ain't gonna close it. He just gonna keep it open. Yeah, yeah. Like they they won't even if nobody shows up for like a month, they ain't gonna shut it down. Yeah, that's yeah. they live there. Like they be living there. <laughs> Man, dude, it's just so different. You know, it's just so different. I had such a good time, dude. I just, I just straight woke the fuck up when I got to Okinawa, man. I just learned so much. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, Buffalo is like a cool city, but um, just to be frank, like where I was from, it wasn't super diverse, and you weren't able to learn a lot of cultures. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't, I didn't get my eyes open until boot camp, and then after that, and then obviously going to Japan, and I'm, I'm insane, sure. insanely thankful for that. Is that where you at now, Buffalo? No, hell no. I live in fucking like the whitest city on earth in Utah. Oh, you in Utah? No, yeah, man. Like, yeah, I just uh, when I got, I was uh, so I was last stationed in Quantico. Okay. And then uh, I just you know, I got out and had an opportunity to go wherever I wanted, and I just happened to get a job in Utah. So I was like, fuck it, let's go something different. You That's know? What's up. Yeah, it was just something different. So here I am. Yeah, man. Jobs take us cool places. Yeah, fuck yeah, it does. And you know, I'm here. My kids are doing great here. We're here for now, but you know, we'll see what happens. Heck yeah, man. I like it here. It's quiet. It's like an in between <laughs> kind of city, but um, ain't no corona out there. A little bit, no, for sure. We're, we've got cases popping. Like actually, um, our our basketball team, like those motherfuckers. Like when the NBA shut down, it's because two jazz players popped. Wow. Yeah, they weren't in the state when it happened. I, I I'm assuming they're back. Um, huh. yeah, it was Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, two of the more famous guys that played for the jazz. They popped. And then wow. that night, that's the game. They, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but they were about to tip off and they stopped it. Boom. Dead in its tracks. Like get off the court. Yeah. Jeez. 
Hell yeah. And that was the jazz guy. So, yeah, I mean, we have a few cases, but we're not, you know, New York is the worst by far. New York had cases. Yeah. Um, and then Washington had it, Washington state had it real bad, but it seemed like it was pretty confined to, um, unfortunately to like, you know, some older, like old folks homes. And those are the folks that are at highest risk. It's sad. It's really sad. Like what, um, the affected populations of people, like they're, they're kind of, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because they're, they're just kind of stuck. You know, there's not a whole lot that they can do. Like, um, you know, it's sad. And Italy, Italy is not good. You know, it's getting hit hard. Their whole damn population, their population in Italy is so old. You know, like just in general, they're just going to be highly affected by this. Just like Okinawa. That's why they, they're not playing yeah. with you. Exactly. Like, so I think about that a lot. Like, dude, fucking Japanese people seem like they, it seems like they fucking live forever. And there's, yeah. a, lot, there's a lot of older Japanese folks. And, and it's yeah. like, like, if you think about it, like the, they're like the target population. It could run right through them, man. I just, I, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, uh, yeah, that would be. They got it fairly under control here, though. You know, because they don't even shake hands. Like they do the bowing, yeah, and all that stuff. Social distancing in Japan is kind of a normal thing. Like a normal. I, thing. I, I always laugh because, like, I went to that. I forget what the hell that uh, big ass intersection is in Tokyo. It's like goes like uh, different ways and shit. Shinjuku. Yeah, but I mean, motherfucker could walk right through there, and no one would ever touch you. Right, and it'd be so could, many people, yeah, so many people, millions of people. Like you could never do that in Times Square. <laughs> you get hit by every fucking buddy. Hell no, nah, yeah. it's unreal. Like I tell people, like you, like when you're in the biggest, one of the biggest cities in the world in Tokyo, you still feel like they're a little closer than in Okinawa, but you still feel like uh, they're far. Like personal space. Yeah, you get on a train in Japan, like you still feel good. Like you don't feel like people are all on top of you, like. I was yeah. in New York City not too long ago, man. It's like you're like not the butt on that motherfucker. Like, yep. you know what I mean? Like, you're like, like touching people and shit. It's crazy. So I just, I just went to New York. Um, actually, I went to London for my brother's wedding. My little brother just got married in London, and then after that, we went to New York, and I shot four music videos in New York City. When you say not the butt, man, like the traffic, the congestion. I got chased by a rat. Like, I grew up in the city. The yeah. rats is getting more bolder. Man, this rat chased me. I had to kick it. I kicked the rat. It bounced off the garbage can. And then it, I seen a look in his eyes. It thought about coming back at me. Oh, yeah. I was like, yo, this rat is really trying to take me down. These motherfuckers are like little teddy bears and shit. They're like violent, uh, ass, but they're big. How? Like, yeah, it's crazy, dude. New York City, I hadn't been there for a long, long time. Like, it would probably have been, like, the 90s when I was a kid. Oh, nice. I went back in, like, uh, what was it? Like, probably 2017, I guess. And I was like, man. Like, it didn't seem like a whole lot changed. But it's still, like, you know, it's New York City. Like, obviously, things are always changing around you. But it's still the iconic stuff is there. So, you don't notice a lot of the other stuff. But, um, yeah, it's great, man. It's great. I hadn't. It was, it was really, I had an interesting experience that we were sitting on the train and like, you know how you go to New York city and you like you'd hear like 85 different languages in 10 yeah. minutes. But like I saw people, I saw three people speaking to each other in sign language. Oh, dope. You know what I'm saying? So like, you don't see that anywhere else unless right, right, it, right, right. in New York city, like you could have people like speaking Urdu and Spanish and, and yeah. maybe a little Japanese and then people speaking sign language all around you. It's incredible. That's crazy. It's crazy experience. It's, it was like, you know, we've been talking about music and sound and to watch people communicate without it was pretty, it was just like, you just don't see that anywhere else, you know? Right. 
It's crazy. So, is this famous rapper? His name is Young Thug. His brother's actually deaf. Yeah. And he took, like, he got to, like, the top of the charts. He worked with Post Malone and, and like, had some really big hits. And then he took a year off just to spend time with his brother who's deaf and kind of, like, translate the sounds into vibrations for his brother. Mm. It was like... So he could, he just, uh, he almost, like, interpreted the music? Yeah. Crazy. That would, that's got to be hard, like... Dude, there's a couple things that I, I'm, I consider myself insanely fortunate for. Like, I have really good eyesight, and I've never had problems with my ears. I mean, as I'm getting older, I notice, like, I have some issues. But, um, man, like, when you're robbed of those senses for whatever reason, like, that would be tough. You know what I mean? Right, man. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that. Well, obviously. I mean, it's so such a huge thing in your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. So, all right. So, you got to show on the 3rd, show on the 18th, and then you're just going to keep doing your thing and see what happens, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, I'm sir. happy for you, man. I really admire what you're doing. When people, I'm telling you, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Like I have, I have a great job. I love what I do. Um, and I'm passionate about it, yeah. uh, but it wasn't something like that. I know I, I can't say like, I, I, I a hundred percent like love what I do. Like I'm proud of what I do. It's still a service thing, but like, um, nice. when you, when you pursue something that you've told everyone you were going to do, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's different. Like, I admire that, man. It's like, you know, when people chase their dreams and they make it happen, you know, a lot of people chase their dreams and don't do shit about it. They're just chasing. Yeah. yeah. You're chasing and making it happen, man, and I admire that. Appreciate you. All right, man. Uh, send me all these links, dude. When I push this episode out, I want to I wanna link everything up. And then uh, I definitely want to uh, send me, uh, help me find out how we can push that stream, too, so we can get it out. Oh. We'll get Vent Nation. We'll get Vent Nation up there in the Sunny Hay Show online. Oh, that'll be fire! You know what I'm saying? They'll all watch. Let's we'll push it. it out. We'll push it out. All right, man. What else you got? You got you guys good then? I'm good, man. I'm good. Next hey. step for me is festivals. I'm good. Festivals? Yeah. Let me ask you one more question though. Is anybody fucking? Are they buying up toilet paper and shit out there like crazy or what? Nah, bro. Hell nah. <laughs> Did you see this shit? Like, yeah. Come dude, on. Shit tickets are like the hottest thing right now. Like you can't get. Why? I, I good question. It's an incredible question. It's actually a very <laughs> profound question that no one can answer right now. What? No one can answer right now. Like it's the weirdest thing. What? It is literally the weirdest thing. I don't doing? understand what is happening. People are fucking panicking. Toilet like, paper. Like, like, look, man, I get like this thing is like a little more contagious than most. Yeah. People are fucking going nuts. It's insane. Nuts. It's like, dude, ain't y'all motherfuckers ever gone camping or something? Like, God. I don't know, man. I've just wondered, like, what is it like in other places? But it seems like you it's got to chill. It's still here, man. Yeah. So nothing's really changed. You, you got one or two crazies that's going to shout, but that's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, those those couple people are everywhere, but. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Hit me with the links, dude. We'll uh, we'll push it out, man. I just want to say uh, thanks for your service, man. Thanks for what you're doing. I admire everything you're doing, and uh, keep dropping, keep dropping your music, man. And um, uh, I'll start pushing your stuff whenever you drop it, man. I'll push it out on the page, and we'll try to get try to you. build your audience. You know. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure, man. Take care, man. Take care of your your family, man. We'll catch up, and we'll get you back on. Good to go. Okay, man. I appreciate you. Thanks, big bro. All right. What to do, Bill? Nothing. I don't even know what the, what is it, Dave? 
Oh, I'm I'm at day zero, so it doesn't matter for me. Great. I'm a I'm essential. I'm essential when it comes to groceries. I'm gonna not not go to the grocery store. Right. But our kids won't. <laughs> yeah, but we'll bring something back. That's my point. That's everybody's point, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not worried about it. 80% self-resolved. It's like a 98% survivability rate. I think a key thing to anything, like especially if you get COVID or something sick, is to not panic about the fact that you've got it. Because I, I think mentally people are already defeated. Oh, yeah. You know? So it's like, okay, you got it now. Now calm down and... Figure out what you need to do to get better. You know? Yeah. I don't, but I mean, look, people fucking panicked over fucking teepee, so it's not looking good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really concerned. And everybody's freaking out over the um, testing numbers and stuff, which seems yeah strange to me. Like, uh, I think it just came out that. The U.S. has the highest, like, well, of fucking course they have the highest. More people are going out to get tested. Yeah. Like, there are countries out there that don't have enough tests. So, of course, they're not going to test. Everybody, you know, there's a lot more people out there, even in America, that has COVID. Well, I mean, there's a load of people. There's loads of, yeah, loads of people don't have it. They don't know about it. And a lot of them don't want to get tested. Yeah, I don't. I think think it ran through our family, (laughs) to be honest, or something like it. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not I'm not concerned. I'm just not, you know. We're alive, we're well, we're happy, we're And healthy, we are doing it right. We're social distancing. Yeah. We're, we're not staying away from everyone. Yeah. I'm not going to my neighbor's house, you know. It was awkward <laughs> as fuck. Like I'm not a social butterfly like at work, but I don't mind it if people like come in my space, but I basically had motherfuckers on lockdown. Like and they knew it, you know. <laughs> like all my body language signs were like back up, homie. Yeah, but some people don't notice nonverbal communication well i mean soldiers don't like marines don't because you're in uniform. like we're just a close bunch you know what i mean like you've been put in so many positions where like nut to butt is an un- not an uncommon thing you know you've been in- you've been forced in so many situations where you're so close to people like all those barriers are generally destroyed but uh, but right now they're saying don't go that way <laughs> don't go near me so in our group text, I got some questions we'll answer at the end of the episode. Group text? Yeah, our, our message, our guys. Our contributors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not concerned. I think even when we get released back like, and we start to try to climb out of this, um, they'll isolate the most at-risk portions of the population. Uh, the elderly, definitely, I think they need to be isolated way longer. I just, you know, let's protect our elderly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a logical step. I mean, I don't, I just don't, I think um, I'm very much uh, with the the cure can't be worse than the disease itself. And And when you're talking about the economy and stuff, like in this country, that shit matters, you know. Which is why they're doing the relief package. People are calling it a stimulus. It's not a stimulus because the the economy didn't fail. The economy was cranking. 
the underlying economy as strong as it's ever been. It's a relief package because a virus isn't anyone's fault. Mm-hmm. Emergency. It was yeah. an emergency. You said people were complaining about the numbers or what? what I, were they I'm just, about? okay, so people are like, okay, we need this stimulus bill. You know, businesses are going down and I'm all for it. I'm all for helping Americans. And now that the second that they have it, like it literally just passed, now people want to be like, or are you sure it's a good idea? You know, there are people out there who don't deserve it. And it's like, who gives a fuck what they do with their money? If they qualify for it, then it's it's whatever they... There are people out there who take advantage over SNAP. What's SNAP? SNAP is like... Um, it's like... Uh, what is it called? Um, when people go on government assistance... Like WIC? No, no, no. Women, infant, children. No, not that one. That's like that's not that's like assistance. That's not really. That's not. No, that's I'm not talking. Uh, you know how people go and instead of buying food for their kids, they'll go buy like alcohol with it mm-hmm. or like that. The I for, EBT and all that. Yeah, stuff. EBT. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that one. Yeah, and like it really shouldn't matter what the people, what other people do with it. You don't have to cash yours, okay? Like you don't. Yeah, right. If if you're if you're not okay with getting a check or the repercussions of you know using that check then don't don't cash it but there are people out there right now who really really need it so i i don't know i've just seen people bitch about it because um xyz is gonna get it or i'm scared that my tax returns next year are gonna be um used for it you know but it's it we're all going to pay it back. I mean, we all pay taxes, right? Is that what, wait, is that what they're saying? That our tax return next year? Uh, I don't know. Is gonna get I, this is what I've seen from other people because mm-hmm. they have so many questions and fears. It's well, like- let me tell you what I saw. <clears throat> One thing I did see, and I posted this on the event, and, and it bothers me, is there's like a five million, you know, so, okay, so Democrats like definitely put in a bunch of special interest things in the bill or tried to, right? And some of them survived. De- uh, Republicans also definitely are feeding a lot of money to corporations and that pisses both of those things anger one side or the other and they're both fair arguments right um but in the end of the bill they they definitely left a five million dollar fund um for paying entitlements to congress members so if you take five million dollars and you divide it out over like the 435 that's 57k that each one of those fuckers could take in addition to um 174k in their salary so like 57k could be for like travel expenses i don't i don't know what it could be um i don't know if like each how they run it if it's if like each member has their own budget and you know 174k is like their salary plus travel expenses and i don't know how that works but um that's there, interesting there you go folks they left themselves a little slush fund <laughs> they not also to be, got <laughs> not to be outdone so so cry about your measly $1,200 check when they all got 57000 each. Yeah. To that, I say, go fuck yourselves. And these hats couldn't even pass it in time. Yep. You know, their days and every day mm-hmm. is another day that Americans may miss their rent or mortgage or, or the whole intent. Yeah, know? and it'll at the fastest, we'll be out in two to three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like two to three weeks, and then a second portion of checks will be sent out like halfway through May. Yeah. But... I don't know. Just worry Listen, about let yourself. Me, let me say that here's here's a couple things that I that this is what I do, right? Lori, you know that I've spent mm-hmm. ooh, I, I got serious there. I even referenced you by your first name. Wow. Yeah. I've studied this stuff for and a I long time. And I wasn't even looking at you. I've studied <laughs> yeah. this stuff for a long time. 
And it's like it's a it's a passion for me. Like remember when I got the job at DEM, that's the Division of Emergency Management. So the state level, they are going to lead this fight or help help lead this right. fight. And at least in Utah, and they've been doing it across the country. That was like um, a huge, huge victory for me. Um, and many people who have transitioned, I've never really talked about it, but um, I was scared to death I wasn't going to get a job. I'll talk about how I got the job later on, but um, this is what I do. This is what I've studied. This is what I know. This is what I care about. It's what I'm passionate about. And um, we're going to learn a lot about what we, as a nation, where we're weakest because these pandemics, um, just imagine a wildfire sweeping it, you know, uh, I actually got an episode coming up with a buddy of mine talking about wildfires, but those things can sweep across areas unchecked, right? So can pandemics. Mm-hmm. And you never know what you're missing until a pandemic or a wildfire or something, some bad thing that you weren't totally prepared for, completely fucking exposes you. And that's what this pandemic is doing. So you have people in New York saying, hey, we don't have ventilators. Yeah. Well, you actually were offered the opportunity to buy a bunch of ventilators for your state, but you declined, right? Well, until he this did. pandemic, the governor, hit. the governor did. This no, was in 2015, right, right? Right, but so no one wants to buy the insurance policy until this shit happens, right? Then so, it's too late. So it's a common thing. I always associate emergency management and preparedness as insurance. Um, for every dollar that you spend in preparedness, meaning ahead of time, mm-hmm. you'll save yourself fifteen dollars in recovery. Amplify that across an entire state. That's a lot of fucking money. So we've always tried to encourage people. To, to preload up front, right? And, and we've talked a little bit about prepping on here with, uh, with Tony, that mm-hmm. guy. Um, I'm not a doomsdayer. I don't believe in that. But um, it's okay to have some extra toilet paper in your house because you mm-hmm. got a sale, you know? That's how most that's folks what I do. roll, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Pun. <laughs> but, I mean, so that's the thing. That's what I do. But what, what we're going to realize is there's a lot of critical inf- industry that we've allowed out of our country and they say that these jobs are never going to come back. And now we're beholden to a, a foreign adversary, a near-peer adversary. Um, while we trade with them, they don't like us. The governments do not like us. They are fundamentally opposed, right? So while we can trade with China, they're still communists, and they're going to act like communists. And America is still capitalist, and we're going to act like capitalists. And those two things, they can't grow on the same tree. I don't care what you say. So they can't have our antibiotics. They can't have our drugs. They can't have all these things being made in that country because you know we could be shit out of luck. That stuff's going to come home, and it needs to come home. Same with a lot of these other critical pieces of equipment. Our national stockpiles are weak. They need to get stronger. They just do. You know. Um, that could be a whole new episode, though, because it, it there's be, a reason why we're having China do all that for us, because it's cheaper. It is. And oh, Americans 100%. will pay more mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. And so that America being capitalist um, is going to make money You're off You're always going to try to find it the you cheapest know? way, but I mean, we need to yeah. get back to being American-made like back in the day where our stuff land, our stuff lasts. And remember, um, I saw, I think it was you that, did you post paid. a meme though? It said like, this is the longest thing that's ever lasted that came from China. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's hilarious, but it's actually true. But hey, listen guys, COVID-19 is here to stay. Um, it's not going anywhere. Um, not anytime soon. We need to curb this flow because it is more contagious than anything we've seen in yeah, a long time. Yeah, stay home. But next I mean, season, next flu season, you're you're gonna you're gonna be getting a flu shot and a COVID shot. I guarantee it. COVID is not new. These COVID diseases or viruses have been around for a long time. Look at your uh, look at your Lysol wipes. If you look on the back, it says human human corona. Um, they've been around for a long but this time. This strain is different. This strain is different. Yeah. It popped up it's in 2019. It was novel, corona. so we're not yeah. used to it, right? Um, but it's here. It's here to stay. It's something we're gonna have to deal with for a long time. They're just trying to. Preve- they're doing all these actions to prevent an overwhelming of any of the hospitals, right? Because if you overwhelm them, that's when bad well, shit starts to happen. Well, and healthcare happen. professionals will get sick. 
First responders are getting sick. People at Costco are getting sick because they're helping us, the American public, out. But if you don't have to be out, just stay home. Yeah. Be bored at home, you know? Let's There's nothing wrong this. with that. Let's beat this. Yeah. Well, that's a good little rant on that. We'll we'll field um we'll talk I got a hopefully got an episode on Sunday um with a friend of mine that I actually he was an intern at DEM while I was working there for a while. And he's gone on to do some pretty incredible things. And he's like uh he's pursuing a uh, doctorate in like in the infectious disease kind of world. I think that is so, so this is, interesting. No, yeah. So like he was super excited and like he's a patient zero type motherfucker. Like he, yeah. he like that's like it was. You want to find? Yeah, like yeah. one of his goals in in his career. And I'm I don't know exactly where he's at or what what he ultimately fell into. Um, but that's the type of person that I'm hoping to talk to on Sunday. And to be honest, like we we were linked up. We were going to try to do sort of that special interest, like anti-vax kind of conversation. And I don't know that we'll even get to that now because Corona's kind of taken over, but, um, well, everyone's sitting at home. It'll be nice to, it'll be nice to talk to, uh, um, it'll be nice to hear like, uh, a 10 pound brain talk about this kind of shit, you know, instead of just me and kind of my opinion or, or our friends, you know, um, cause we're not, we're just not as informed in the base idea of as this. Knowledgeable. Of, yeah. What is it called? Like vir- virologists? people who doctors that just do viruses vir- oh virology. i have no I think idea virologists that's like all they do uh, i don't i'm not saying that this is that kid but he is definitely in the public health arena and i'm excited to talk to him i've been chasing him for a bit so uh it's a good time to do it but what did uh what do you think of sunny hayes i think it's cool that he's living in okinawa like living it up living his dream yeah like I would love to be. I mean, not just Okinawa. I would love to be back in Japan right now. But um, that's just only because that's home to me. Yeah. But um, when he talked about American Village, I already didn't like it when we were there because I thought it was just too much. But he said it's, it's way worse. Well, your now. perspective. You grew up in a what American. You, so you saw I, American Village over many years, right? Yeah. So yeah. from pretty much all high school. And it was nice, and then it they started to pop. I mean, obviously, because they're trying to attract the military members to come out there because revenue and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, when we left, it was booming, and he's saying it's way worse now. <laughs> so I don't know. I just the pictures that I have of Okinawa. I mean, we haven't been there in years, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It'd be cool to be back. So I would I would have a much different um, perspective of Okinawa I think if I went back because I'm um, I think we'd appreciate it more yeah but more I would want to go see parts of Okinawa that are untouched and if yeah. I could even find them you know I would oh like yeah to go. they're out there um, I know they're out there but I, that's what I would be far more interested in I saw some of the trendy stuff but um, I don't want to say I'm more well I think I feel like I'm a little more cultured now than I used to be or, or I'm I'm at least more open minded about culture there's a good word you know so I would like to see. Um, yeah, I'd want to go see the stuff that I've never seen before, you know, Evoki. And, I, and and to be honest, like even though I was there as long as I was, there's still a lot out there. But yeah, he's such a good dude, man. He um I, I spent- remember you telling me about him. And when I was listening back to this episode, uh you guys talking and you said Spade's partner, it was like so I'm not even sure if I Andrea <laughs> Andrea maybe not even remember, but remember she visited me at 29 Palms when we were doing Mojave Viper. Were you with him? I was. She I, does I think remember. We had just ended the Spades game. 
Oh, yeah. When she came and she brought me beef and broccoli and it yeah. was like, amazing. So Andrea's my sister. Yeah. <laughs> in case nobody knew who, that. Wh- who her, hus- her husband and I actually deployed. Like, at the same time. So he was, in, he was in 1-7. He was a mm-hmm. corpsman with 1-7 mm-hmm. suicide company mm-hmm. uh, who we directly supported, but somehow I never you seen You never him. saw each other. Never saw But him. you were there together. <laughs> yeah. And um, like on the same fob too. Yeah. And that fob was not big, which mm-hmm. is crazy to me. Um, yeah, we never ran it. I mean, I was doing a different mission um, and the infantry wasn't moving as much then as it is as it as it was in the past so yeah um but we were we were um operating quite a bit so i just remember like because i was in oki and technology wasn't as great as it is now and and andrew was like where is he and i was like oh he said he's gonna be here at this time Mm -hmm. and um she did mention that you were playing cards or you had mentioned you were playing cards and just waiting for her yeah because i don't know if you guys knew what time you'd be able to see each other but yeah, she made you food and everything, and I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, so my man had um, spades is like a thing, especially like I remember um, during typhoons, Curtis played spades, and I was like, man, I can't play. Like Curtis is a good friend of mine, and I didn't, I didn't know how to play spades, and to be honest, that frustrated me. And like one of the rules was like you're not a, you're, you know, it's a funny joke, but like you're not a legit field marine unless you can play spades. But like somebody like Sonny Hayes, like in the city of New York, like spades is like families get together and do that that's yeah. a thing right um like him his uncle um and his fa- his his big family like that that's where he learned from and he like passed it on to me but yeah we had a blast and um you get to you learn a lot of it's weird like you learn how to read people by playing spades yeah i never got it because you have to catch on to the what where they're going what they're doing you have to learn to think like them and um him and I, him and I, kind of connected in a weird way. It was cool. So I remember Curtis and Chelsea were over at the house, and you're like, "Well, let's play spades." And me, me and Chelsea had no idea, and we're like laughing, and you guys took it way serious. We have, I still don't understand spades. Yeah. But I just remember how frustrated you two got <laughs> because we're like, "Sure, five, sure." I don't well, I'll know. Tell you what, my man Sonny Hayes knows <laughs> spades, and like he'll reach across the fucking thing if you fuck with him. You know. Like, I remember you. He's got etiquette me. and shit. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like you don't fucking, you know. You'd be like, dude, if you reach across and pull a book where I'm from, like you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so like that shit, that shit could get intense. But yeah, he's he's such a good dude. He was a good, he's just a great marine. He's a good leader. Um, had his shit together. You know, he wasn't. Um, you, uh, you can hear it in the episode. He's laid back, dude. He's always mm-hmm. been that way, even under pressure, under stress. He's always performed well. So um, it was cool to have him, and it was it was really nice to. Um, I'm very fortunate that I was able to hook up with him on Facebook because what that did is, you know, the, how you, you connect, you reconnect with someone, like 10 more people may oh, pop up. Oh, and then up. it says, like, friend suggestion. So my whole team popped do, up do, 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 after. Do. Yeah. And I was so late to the game, right? So, like, I wasn't able to find a lot of these guys. But once I connected with him, multiple people started popping up. And in one night, within probably an hour, hour and a half, I had found every one of my teammates who were in my squad that were on um, – social media that's Minus, gotta be cool there may be like one or two that's not i've connected with them i've at least talked to a couple of them and reached out and I, you know it's nice to know that a few of them are you know they're there and that they're doing okay. they're healthy and yeah from what i can tell doing well you know mm-hmm. and i'm excited to connect with them hopefully i can get a bunch of them on like my uh my corpsman old meatwad mm-hmm. he's out that was his nickname it was our team nickname for him he's a little uh he was very small um in height but huge heart his the stature of his heart was tremendous and um he's one of those guys those little guys that can carry massive humans because he cared so much you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like he 
was intense, but he's out fighting the fight right now, and um, he's a nurse. You know, he's a corpsman, and now he's a nurse in his private life, and he's oh, wow. right on the front lines of this. So um, wow. to be able to connect, you know, through Sonny Hayes and, and, and meet all these people, um, very, very important to me. And uh, definitely cool that I could get him on and talk with him because I think, like I, like I told him, it's really special when um, people used to just, like, you know, they'd be like, yeah, I have ambitions to do music. And some of the people that he was around we mentioned in the um, – in the episode maybe weren't nearly as serious as him and like they would you know people would kind of chuckle at him but like when when Sonny Hayes said he was going to do music like you could believe him you knew he was he was for real I thought like his story where, where he was like we were in the projects and my little brother was born mm-hmm. so that put us up on the list and I was just walking by <laughs> and I went I went in this room and that's where it started I just thought that was so like to know at that age that this is what I want to do. And then through all the careers that he's had, you know, went through the Marine Corps, went to school afterwards. And um, I just thought when he was telling the story of, you know, he uses GI Bill, but then he, he had no idea he went to a private college and, you know, all his funds were used. It was a, um, it was a hurdle, but he was like, so I just went and got a job at Home Depot. Uh-huh. And I had no idea Home Depot was building 300 homes a year for veterans. Like, yeah. I had no idea. Like, you don't hear any of that stuff. Yeah, there's interesting little programs out there that they don't brag about, but they're doing. But you know? but he was like, you know, thank you to Home Depot, because if it wasn't for that, you know, it's like every step of the way, any hurdle that he's been through, um, anything to get where he is today, he's been grateful for. You know, it's never, yeah. you know, maybe he's gotten frustrated a little bit. I didn't get that from him when he was telling his story, but he just sounded grateful for everything, you know, and now he has a family. He's living overseas. He's he's doing his career at the same time and then has an awesome job, you know, in Japan who and they got him a Mercedes Benz. Like, I, yeah. mean, I mean, he's I mean, it doesn't sound like it's a job. He enjoys what he does. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. and and um, he just feel it feels so laid back, and that he could just he's gonna keep on going, and he loves what he does, and he gets to travel. Like he shot a music video in New York City. Like how awesome is that? Yeah, he he's you always know? been laid back. Like I said, even under pressure. And um, actually, I'll show you. I'll see if I can find a picture. No, um, I saw you shared today. Didn't you share? Yeah, so that's a, that's a video. That's some of the series and some of the stuff he talks about in the episode. What I'm talking about is I have um, pictures of him on our deployment. And, you know, I honestly didn't even know that anyone had taken that picture. Um, but we almost lost – we talked about it briefly. We almost lost a truck in the me. water. Yeah. And um, so my, my truck team specifically was um, – we had done another mission that night, I think. But there was a rocket attack or what they thought was a rocket attack. So a bunch of grunts responded to it. And they buried their vehicles. So then we responded into that same area to help them recover. Mm-hmm. And um, one of our trucks slid off a road. And there's not a lot of water in Iraq, but when there is, you can't see, um, right. you know, how deep it is. And, you know, the, some of the guys that we ripped with had told us a story about one of the trucks that went in the water. And the kid actually received a Navy accommodation medal for it. He went in after him and tried to get a couple of kids out of the truck. Um, but that thing is um, those trucks – for all that they offer you in um, IED protection, if you go in the water, you're done. You might you just resign. Yeah, you guys to said that dead. the door is super heavy. Yeah. Well, it's heavy. It's heavy without the added weight of water. So yeah. we had heed bottles, but those when under when you panic, they won't last that long. So heed bottle is one of those little mini um, like air breathing apparatus yeah. things. But uh, in a panic, 
with all your gear, you're you're done. So, um, it, fear water. It seems like the craziest thing. It's like it's like a fire on a boat, right? Like you're surrounded yeah. by water, but fire on a boat is literally one of the most dangerous things. Um, you're in a yeah. desert in an armored vehicle, and one of the most absolutely one of the most dangerous things is water. And yeah. that's it's weird, but um, very very true, very very scary thing. And uh, yeah, the one time I ran in a combat zone, I was running because I thought we were gonna lose a kid to water. Yeah, and uh, it was rough, but I have a picture of him. I remember he's trying to organize some guys, and uh, he did a good job uh, getting those kids out of the truck and helping us recover it. You know, but yeah, it was a pretty pretty intense situation, but we got through it. Even then, though, like like you were saying, he's a laid back kid and had his had his shit together, and he 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 thought his way through it and led his Marines. You know, got to be proud of that. I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice when a kid says, yeah, I'm going to do this, and then does it. Yeah. And then they're actually, you know, um, no matter what gets in front of them, they'll they'll find a way to figure it the fuck out and, yeah. you know, and do it. So, yeah, I'm happy for him. Um, hopefully I'll be able to see him in person again. Maybe he'll do a show or something that I can get to. Or, you know, I don't know if he ever intends on traveling outside Okinawa for any of that stuff. We'll see. But legit, like the day or night, I think within two nights at least, when we came home, like he did a show, and uh, and like for his folks in Okinawa, even when he was in, you know, so he's been in that scene for a long time. It's That's cool. so cool. Yeah, definitely cool. Okay, I uh, talked to some of the guys in the crew and had them send me some questions. So, really? Yeah. So Birdman is just joking. But he said, what's the mission of the, the Marine Rifle Squad? So that's to locate, close, with destroy the enemy by fire and maneuver, repel an enemy assault by fire and close combat. That's off the top of my head. I've been out of the Marine Corps since 2015. Fuck yourself, Birdman. <laughs> then he asked, what, he asked, what is the ultimate goal and purpose of the event? So the purpose, the purpose of the event of... Ooh, I want to answer this too. Okay, so the purpose of the... So it. it started as two vets venting. And we were just trying to offer um, veteran perspective on current events and different things that are happening. Um, my partner, when I started, has moved on, and now it's the event, and I still want to talk about up, you know, current events from my perspective, veteran perspective, so as not to detract from all the veterans that I'm bringing in. Um, I do it separately, and I don't vent about stuff on like the Friday episodes unless they want to. But usually I'm just trying to tell their story, and I hope people um, – See that, and I hope people appreciate that because every every veteran is different. Some some have had um, fairly easy roads. Some have had very difficult roads, um, but they've all had hurdles, and they've all um, found a way to get through it. The ultimate goal of the event um, is to um, hopefully one day I'd love to have a nonprofit and be able to give back loads back. You know, and, and in a small way, I started doing that with the golf tournament. I want um, the share the fairway with the golf tournament to be. A big deal and hopefully give me a platform to start a nonprofit. Um, I've referred to it as the barracks and maybe one day I'll go more in depth than that but what were you I just wanted to say that um, I mean I'm not I guess I'm not really answering his question but if you could just reach one which I feel like you've reached more than one mm -hmm. one veteran to just start talking um, I think that in itself is so big because there's so many who have no one to talk to. Mm -hmm. And I think even for you that this 
the pod in general, just talking has been therapeutic for you, you know? So, um, I think, I don't know. I love the veteran community maybe because I'm a Navy brat. But you're a part of it. Yeah. And like, I, I've seen like friends, family, you know, or people who I consider family yeah. and all their struggles and everything. And, you know, um, just to, I don't know, give someone the courage to open up a little bit, be vulnerable and like fight, like keep fighting. Mm -hmm. If you just, even if they're not talking to anybody and they get to listen to the vent and what you guys put out there, like that, I think just reaching people. Yeah. Even, um, one of my closest friends, Tim just hit me up, said, Hey man, this episode's really good. Which one? Um, me and Robbie. Just oh, yeah. From Wednesday, right? Yeah. And then, um, guys, when I wake up in the morning, sometimes I'll have messages from people like, hey, I listened to this. You know, I was having a hard time. Thanks. Um, and that means the world to me. And that's why I've kept, frankly, that's why I've kept going. Um, we don't we don't make any money doing this. Um, no, and anything support, that we do, we, we want to give back. I know that's a lot of people can't. A lot of people don't believe me. Don't but, believe um, us. But it's like, the, it's not about. It's not about making money. It's yeah, about no, it's being fun, there this has been for a fun, the community. The, the podcast in and of itself, just being able to set it up and do it, has been a fun hobby. But when I realized that we could actually help people, um, yeah. that's when um, it's taken on a different meaning. But, um, yeah, my ultimate goal is just to continue to reach out to people and help them. And, you know, Robbie sent me a text of a picture screenshot of, like, one of one of his guys who listened to it and said, "Hey man, you you, know, you probably didn't even know, but I'm having I was having a hard time and right. I needed to hear this." You right. Know? Um, and when I see things like that, like um, it, you know, it, it's like I could never stop. You know, or when I hear Birdman say, "Like you know, I've been looking for this." Like that yeah. means the wor absolute so, world yeah. to me. Um, our text group, you know, um, after the episode with Robbie. You know, the heavy ones don't come that often, but when they do, um, it reignites the fire, and all of a sudden. Um, they were exchanging phone numbers yeah. uh, to make sure that everyone had it. Like, hey, you could reach me here or there, you know. Um, so it, it just serves as a reminder for people. But, yeah, I'll talk more about the barracks one day because I, I definitely have um, very grandiose ideas. Uh, much like Robbie. Robbie wants to start a ranch. I mean, it would be um, something like that. But I'll talk about it or write a blog about it. Um, <laughs> We've neglected that side of we will be writing blogs. <laughs> Yeah, I we mean, we're, I've been COVID I've been so focused on some of this stuff. We will write blogs and we'll punch it out on Facebook. And I like to write. <laughs> um, all right. So Billy said, "Do you think uh, POTUS opens the country back up on Easter weekend?" Um, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I think he. I think Easter is a good benchmark. Obviously, it has a lot of significance for a lot of people. He said as much. I think he does open the country, but not as wide open as he thinks. Oh wait, I open think the he's gonna country. Say, He's gonna he's gonna remove the fifteen day um, social distancing periods like as a mandate as like a, a really mandatory. Man, people thing. aren't listening to that shit right now. I know now. they're not. So what he's gonna say? What I think he'll say is, I'm gonna push this guidance to the states. I want the governors to make their own decisions. But um, if you're not in the at risk portions of the population, you can go back to some semblance of normalcy. I don't think he opens the floodgates, but I think he slow rolls it back in. So um, I think he announces another idea on Easter weekend. I'm not saying that he's going to open the floodgates, but yes, Billy, I do believe he will listen to the medical staff. That's what they're there for. He has a task force built with some of the most incredible minds, infectious disease minds around the entire world. Um, and he has access to basically anybody he wants. Um, the U.S. will become the epicenter for this because we have the ability to test more and more people, and that's already yeah. happening. So 
Um, but that's a very good thing. People, people are afraid of that. They're saying, wow, there's so, so many people that have it. Well, there were so many people that had the flu, but you've never thought about it because it didn't have a different name. It had a name that you're comfortable with. Um, we need to know who has this so we can separate them out you know, and get them the quarantine they need, the medical help they need, and we can bend the curve, right? That's what they've been saying. But also, as that number goes up, those cases number go up, so does the recovery cases, which a lot yeah. of people are not talking Nobody about. Over 90,000 people have recovered. I think it's 100,000. And it also, that significantly reduces the mortality rate, which um, will, will show that across the globe, it's not as dangerous as you think. When you're talking about an isolated population of people in northern Italy who fit the exact bill, the majority of them, of what the mortality rate would hit, you know, that's a different matter entirely. You know, we're not, we're talking globally. We're not just talking about Northern Italy. So you can isolate certain areas where it's going to be worse, but yeah, I think, um, I think we'll see some movement, but that doesn't change, um, anything as far as, um, our response. Like you're still going to see testing sites and you're going to see those things for a long time. You're still going to see people looking for masks. You're going to see that for a long time. People, um, you know, for the next couple months, probably well into the summer, you know, before this is a, an afterthought, this is, um, we haven't had a pandemic like this in over a hundred years. Uh, so 1918. To think, yeah. So to think that it's just gonna, this bad anyway, we've had pandemics, but this yeah. bad, this is, um, the only unique thing about this, I think is it's contagion is how fast and how contagious it is. Well, Spanish um, flu. Spanish flu was bad. Uh, and it was made worse because they just didn't have the technology. But look at what we have as technology and how fast it's still spreading. And we're, we're doing very old school things to try to combat this, if you think about it. We're doing very low tech solutions to try to slow the curve. We don't have some sexy scientific answer, you know. Well, and it's weird because they don't know how the Spanish flu started. They think the Spanish flu actually helped end World War One because so many people were getting sick because uh, they were dying. I think Spanish flu ultimately killed as many as I the war. I think it spread faster, much yeah, faster than the bubonic plague, but not as much. You know what? You know what people don't realize though is the Spanish flu is still around. <laughs> like it's you can still get the Spanish flu. We just <laughs> but you know what helps stop that. <laughs> That old vaccination. Vaccinations. Right? So like all these, all these other flus, the swine flu, uh, MERS and SARS and all this shit, it's all actually, that's all like, when you get a flu shot, you're fighting all of that. Um, and I don't know that people knew that until they started talking about it, right? So next season's flu shot is probably just going to have some, it's going to have some COVID you shit know, in it, you know? Next, next flu shot you get is going to be a completely different strain than yeah. the one we got, what, last September, yeah. you know? So and they announced um, that the the strain, the COVID nineteen strain, is stable, and what that means is the vaccine will work. Yeah. It's not going to mutate necessarily, like like you know, because for a while you don't know. It's not to say we can't get a more severe strain of it later on, but um, it's not going to you know. It made its jump from animal to human, and it was bad, and now we got to beat it, and we will. Stay the fuck home. Yeah, stay home. Hashtag stay home. Shit. And if you're not going to stay home, don't be a fucking hypocrite about it. That's the more annoying thing, I think. Let me shoot, Only Monday let me shoot selfies Friday. while I'm walking and hiking and doing non-essential shit and then come home after the weekend and be like, hashtag stay home. <laughs> Monday through Friday, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm no, not afraid of the Wuhan. It's okay if you have a multipass. Multipass. <laughs> that was a good meme. Multipass. <laughs> 
I'm, Dallas so, Corbin. <laughs> so I'm kind of an essential worker, but I do not have a multi-pass. So I'm wondering. So how you're not essential. <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've been asked to go to work, so <laughs> there you have it. All right, love. You got anything else? No, I'm I'm grateful. I love his story. I'm yeah. glad you were able to talk to him because I know you were trying to get him. But when you're on different different time zones, yeah, yeah, I'm excited about next Friday too. Got one of my students. Um, he was that's where I met him. He was one of my students, and then um, we served together at HMX, so I had a lot of time with him. So excited for that. And he has been through some fucking wild shit. So look out for that. <laughs> that like for real. Like he. Um, well, I'm just gonna be honest. Had it pretty easy as an HMXer, you know, his whole career in the Marine Corps, and then he became a cop in California, and within months got oh. into some heavy, heavy shit. So look out for that one, guys. It's gonna be a good one. So you'll, I'll drop that next Friday, and uh, we'll have loads of content in between. So you know, I'm, we're definitely stepping up our game. I know people are home. Um, I'm hoping. I don't know if us being in your eardrums is relaxing or what. We probably actually just piss people off, but. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with it either way. So ah, fuck you. Keep coming back. You got anything? No, I'm good. Okay. Proud of you. <laughs>